Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> To another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camelo Stanthony podcast that occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? Copacetic, bro. How you doing? What's up? Uh, copacetic. Copacetic as always. Um, <clears throat> now, we did our deep dive into the Houston Rockets last week, and Natty was all like on our Slack channel, uh, maybe we should do a deep dive into the magic. And I was like, lol, no one wants that. And Natty was like, you're right, Pete. No one does want that. So instead, that how it went? That's exa- I'm pretty sure verbatim, that's exactly okay. how it went. <laughs> it was a long time ago earlier. I know. Today, for sure. Know. Exactly, exactly. Like, so. it wasn't like Pete said, fuck Orlando. <laughs> oh, right, the bubble. Maybe we should do something nice for them. No, fuck them. No, fuck them. Fuck them. Uh, so instead of doing one team, we are each going to put on the GM cap and we're going to pick a team uh, and one move that we would make as the GM of that team and just use that as an avenue to kind of discuss maybe some teams that uh, could could be active this uh, offseason or at the very least maybe have have a move that could be made that could really either help them tank or help them, uh, you know, make their way into the uh the nfl pl- or nfl nba playoffs <laughs> you can tell that I shit's am- gonna go crazy oh. who knows <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pull i'm gonna pull a pelicans and be the uh, gm for both a fo- football and basketball team oh right yeah yeah also i, I should say i did not pick orlando as the team i was gonna gm so, <laughs> so sorry even orlando you even you agree that they're a stupid team to talk about I, no, I want to trade Aaron Gordon so, so, so bad. Um, it's just that, like, since the season really ended, I've been thinking about what the Pistons can do mostly. So I focused well, on them. If you want to trade Aaron Gordon, let me let me put the cap on and start us off here then, Natty. Do uh, it, buddy. We, we love this team. I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns. I'm, I'm going to take over them. Uh, we love this nice. team. This team should have been a playoff team in the bubble. We saw just a beautiful coalition of this team rise and go undefeated in the bubble. And then uh, through terrible seeding, we're unable to actually make the playoffs, which is dumb. But this is a team that we are both, me especially, are very excited about uh, in 2021. And you want him traded. I am getting him traded. The Suns, the one move I would love to make as a Phoenix Suns GM is to do a sign and trade with Kelly Oubre to go get Aaron Gordon. Mm. For the okay. Magic, Oubre is recovering from a torn meniscus, um, but young, extremely productive for the Suns last year. When healthy, he was he was averaging almost 20 a game, uh, which is huge. Like He is an, a, emerged as a phenomenal offensive threat 
Uh, with, totally. with some the Wizards never should have traded. It's ugh. yeah, the Wizards. What are we doing here, buddy? Uh, he'll pair really nicely with Jonathan Isaac. And the nice thing I think for the Magic here is that Isaac obviously is recovering from his blown knee. Uh, I, he has a torn ACL, right? He tore it in the bubble. Yeah. Oh, God, that sucks. But you're having two young players who are both recovering from major injuries, which is not ideal. But for the Magic, you get a guy who scores 20 a game, but also slows down their timetable a little bit. Um, I think the Magic can then pitch this as this, like, look, our two studs are recovering from injury. We're going to take things a little bit slower. We're going to ease them back into it. And it allows them to kind of hopefully fall out of this middling purgatory that like Vucevic and Aaron Gordon has kind of kept them at, you know, and, and maybe it's one year of underperforming in order to get better picks, to get better value. And then you have, you come into 2022 with a fully healed Jonathan Isaac, Kelly Oubre, young studs, young team, now we're ready to ride. So I think that this move for the Magic kind of helps slow down that timeline a little bit uh, and gives them the time to maybe let Jonathan Isaac fully recover and not be rushed back into it, kind of like he was in the bubble and why he got re-injured. And then for the Suns, this move makes a ton of sense because you're adding a much better Dario Saric, basically. Um, a guy who can average 15 points per game, eight boards, get you defense, uh, and can switch onto the perimeter, play into the paint. Like We've seen Aaron Gordon's defense kind of not become elite, but certainly uh, he's taken big strides in that. And, and he's a guy who can do the, the switching that the NBA is now, uh, is now you know, known for. And I think he's a perfect third option behind uh, – Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And I think that just, he would pair really nicely with that team. You could go small with him. He could play big with Ayton. Um, and so I just think that this is, this is a move that as the Suns, this is what I would make to put them forward, take a big step into contention in the West. I like that trade a lot for all parties concerned. Thank you. Um, for Aaron Gordon, I think it's just time for a change of scenery. Yeah. Like, He's still only 25, I think, or 26, but it feels well, so like is, he's yeah, just been there it, forever. And... It's stupid because I was like, I was like, oh, and, and the magic get younger with Kelly Oubre. No, Kelly Oubre and Aaron Gordon are the same age. That's crazy. It's absurd. That's it's, crazy. They're both absurd. 24. Is that They're what they are? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Man. I, and I've liked Oubre for a long time. We both like. Oh, yeah. DC. He's on uh, my fantasy team. I love him. I like it for Phoenix because I think that like, I don't know how big of an upgrade that is. It would take them a sec, I think to find their groove, but Rubio's there and would be able to help. And, you know, that would sort of solidify their perimeter defense on the wing. Uh, he can also go, go, go. And so they can be a really good team in transition, which I think would be best for them. For the Magic, I like it because the pause for two of their best players, like you said, Isaac and Oubre, would also mean that uh, Fultz sort of gets, like in a down year where they're not trying to make the playoffs, mm. He sort of gets a low pressure, you know, like this is just more reps. Let's just keep going, you know, like it's sort of yours and Vooch's team right now. And maybe you and maybe the Magic end up being able to flip Vooch uh, later on in the season. I think he has a $20 million contract, something like that. Yeah. Um, 
who's a good offensive player, you know, a good offensive big who can shoot from outside. Like that's probably going to be pretty, uh, well, who knows what's going on with the money, but it but should you be totally, attractive. You could totally see him, right. You could totally see him at the deadline, a team that's like on the brink of contention being like, this is the piece that we need. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and fuck it. You could see the Celtics being like, Hey, this is the piece that we need. Yeah. Why not? It's, uh, like Vucevic is a good player. It's just that when the magic aren't good, like no one knows they exist. They're right. just like Aaron Gordon should have had a bigger profile in the league. Probably. It's just that, you know, you can't when you're constantly the eighth and ninth seed in Orlando, you know, like yeah. Miami has all this success. Um, you're just not a very sexy team and you've really missed on some draft picks. They also have like some shoot of like Evan Fournier you can flip. Like they do have a path to tanking pretty smartly, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. I like a low pressure year for Fultz because I think the more reps for him, the better. And if it's just sort of like his team because of the injuries, then I think that's even better because then, you know, a two man game with him and Vucevic would probably be pretty good for his development, I think. Yeah, and I love I love the false take. That's a great one. There's just also like with Isaac being out, it doesn't really seem like Orlando could compete for the Eastern Conference Finals. Like they want to try to compete for the eighth seed again, then sure, I guess, fine. But it doesn't really seem like there's a good reason to. Like this is like the year that Golden State just had, you know, like they're two best players, they're out. Okay, cool then we're just going to try to fucking restock. And right. this is an off year. Like that's, that seems like it's the smartest thing to do. Totally. And fantasy wise, I mean, get me Kelly Oubre running an offense all by himself and let's see what he can do. I am here for that. I mean, he averaged 18 per game with Devin Booker next to him. Like let's, let's see what he can do when he is the number one scoring option or number two with Vooch. And, you know, it's a team that they're they're not like a great defense or anything, but it it is a team that tries to play good defense. And that would be good for Ubre too. A little undisciplined sometimes, but he's still super young. I don't know. I like this a lot. I I think that it would help both players and both teams. That's a good trade. I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mainly we've talked about this one a lot and it's just like, I do agree ultimately with your first point that you said, where it's like Aaron Gordon needs a change of scenery. Like let's just, let's get him out from uh, under Orlando. Let's let Orlando do kind of a soft rebuild, soft reboot. uh, And let's get Aaron Gordon to a, to a place where, you know, maybe he starts, starts his, uh, his play is more widely recognized and you know I need to see me uh, see me some sons in the playoffs this year. Uh, who are you taking over, Natty? Who's your, who's your GM cap associated with? Okay, so I'm the Los Pistones, obviously. Uh, of course, basketball in the D. Um, and the reason why is not just because they're my team, but it's because of a rumored trade from way, way, way back in the long, long ago, back in like February, which is when the last trade was, I think. Um, But D-Rose for Kuzma. Mm. Like the Lakers really wanted Derek. And you want this. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Kuzma is from Flint. Like, let's bring him home. That would be awesome. Uh, D Rose gets to go chase a ring. I, you know, if you're a, a Derek Rose guy, then that's that's cool to me. He will always be a bull. I don't like having him on my team. He, his comeback story is great. Like, he just looked so spectacular for Detroit. And it was like really, really awkward liking. Yeah those games and watch it but you know like there's (sighs) Detroit doesn't need an old old they don't need a point guard like him more than a wing like Kuzma you know like that's just not where they are right now so I still really like that trade yeah and especially I I mean we saw some we saw some good Kuzma stuff uh in the playoffs too when he was you know given minutes to rely on he still does a little bit of the kuzma young kind of like oh am i supposed to do this right here um but but we did see some good stuff from him in the playoff run and i'd like to see what he like he's never going to be higher than third banana on a team with lebron and ad no one will be so and you know depending on the moves they make he could fall even further down um so going to a team like detroit where they're hoping to make the playoffs, uh, but there just aren't more stars. You know, it's Blake, and then that's that's. I that's mean, Doctor Doom is there, but he's even younger than Kuzma. So I think Kuzma could really take on more responsibility, and we'd be able to see what he can do. And I think he's a fun player to watch when he gets going. Uh, he's still a little gangly, but um, uh, but I like watching him play, and I think his development will be stunted if he stays on the Lakers. Totally. Meanwhile, D Rose, like you're a hall of fame player. Go get a ring. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. And he fits exactly what the Lakers, you know, I think are going to be looking for in this off season, which is a, a point guard who can handle the ball. And when LeBron and, you know, uh, AD are off the court, who can run an offense and get you buckets. Like he's, Honestly, if if you were to bring back Rondo, which I think they will, but if you were to have a a Rondo D Rose rotation at point, like that seems pretty ideal to me. You have the defensive passing of Rondo as well as the defensive passing, but primarily offensive scoring that we've seen now. Finally, Derek Rose kind of come back to. And it strangely sort of feels like it's easier for the Lakers to get like veteran wings for the perimeter than it is to get another good guard like Mm -hmm. Avery Bradley is going to I I think he has a player option and he'll pick that up um but who knows if he'll be on the team or not um you kind of have to bring back Rondo but he'll cost more money uh so if you can get a bunch if you know that you're going to be getting ring chasers and they're going to be guys that sort of fit the mold of what LeBron is looking for, you know, like the height of J.R. Smith outside shooting. Um, you know, D Rose is another guy who can create offense and can run the offense when everybody else is sitting. And if LeBron wanted him last year, I don't know why he wouldn't want him again this year. Like he's not that he's 7 million. So um, there's, there's ways to make, the trade work pretty easily. Like it won't take a lot of pieces. I don't think you like are picks involved. Like who cares? Why? Yeah. Also, which team says no. Right. No, I like it a lot. And 
Derek Rose, 18 points on 26 minutes last year for the Detroit, which is he looked great. It sucks. It sucks so bad, you guys. <laughs> Y'all, he's a bull. You guys don't I mean, even know how much it sucked for Natty. The pain. And I loved him. Like he was such a force of nature. He was absolutely the early. Oh my God. Before the pre ACL is unreal. It's dude. Yeah. Just Derek unreal. Rose, I feel like the pre ACL Derek Rose is one of those situations where younger people are going to be like, Oh yeah. Like there's the Derek Rose hype. That sure. That like, if you didn't live through, if you weren't a fan during the D Rose, you're just never going to appreciate like those 2009 to like 2012 when he was just averaging like 23 a game and was hitting all kinds of game-winning shots. And the th- biggest thing for me, man, was his explosiveness was oh, crazy, absurd, absolutely absurd. I mean, it totally makes sense why he, t- you know, destroyed his knees because he would, he would just like explode off of one foot and then dead stop and go the completely other direction, still at top speed somehow. He is without a doubt one of the most explosive athletes i have ever seen play any sport i it was just remarkable to watch him and just go go watch his mvp highlight reel and tell me that like you have seen someone who is more athletic than him i mean he looks more athletic than westbrook than john wall like he was a whole different beast and it wasn't sneaky you know and it wasn't like quicksilver sort of like De'Aaron fox where it's just like oh shit wait a second where'd he go like right. you saw d rose coming and he fucking just got there anyway. Oh and it was, God. it was at the, uh, it was just so, you knew it was coming every single time though. Like when he got to the top of the key, it was right. like, okay, now the afterburners go on and I go to the rim. It's like, you know okay, what it was? Cool. Is it's, it feels, it feels, and there are entirely different players, entirely different body types and sizes, but it's that same feeling of Giannis driving to the hoop on a break, like on a fast break, or when he gets yeah. the rebound, he's going down the court and you're just like, Giannis is going to score here. Like you could put six people in the paint. Giannis is going to score here. Derrick Rose was the exact same way. Derrick Rose That's, would get the ball yeah. at half court and just like start going and would do his Euro step at the paint. And you're just like, I don't care how many people you put in front of Derrick Rose. Somehow he's going to contort his body, get the ball in and get an and one. You're going to foul him and he's going to score. Yeah. He'd cradle the ball. He'd, you know, bounce off of someone. He'd get that grimace on his face and then, Oh my God. Uh, put it up and get to the line. He, he was just strong. That was real. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was the MVP. Like there's, yeah. there's a reason why those couple of years were the really felt like, Oh shit, the bulls got another one. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. Um, and it was going to change the NBA and that injury, that injury changed a lot because yeah. Derek Rose's, if he had, if that hadn't happened, he would be one of the players that ring chasers go to play with, you know, like that, that Bulls team I mean, don't, wasn't really you, that well run, but like they could have gotten dudes around him. Well, that, and that was what I was going to ask is it's like, if Derek Rose didn't tear his ACL, do the Bulls have a championship between then and now? Yes. I have to think so. Right. I think they do. I mean, that's, that's what, 12, almost 10 years? And, and in that time span, Derrick Rose playing at the height of his powers at 23 years old? Like, that's the other thing, too. I mean, we talk about, like, this is, this is always the thing with basketball that just, like, blows my 
fucking mind is that you talk about, you know, Kevin Durant at his pinnacle, like Kevin Durant when he was with OKC or to ta- or with or at the tail end of OKC or with Golden State, like Golden State, Kevin Durant, 28 when he signed with that. And, and even now he's 30 and you're still going to be like, Kevin Durant is one. I just saw someone posted a highlight reel of Kevin Durant shooting over other people. And it's just like, there is, he, when he is on that jump shot is unstoppable. You can't stop Kevin Durant from scoring the basketball if he wants to, but it's, it's, it's crazy to me that like a basketball player's peak often comes in their late twenties and Derek Rose was peaking at 23. And then it's like, what, what, what is, what is the late twenties peak? I mean, we're even seeing him at 30 now, like recreating himself, averaging almost 20 a game. Like what would, what would have a 28 year old Derek Rose have looked like? And it would have been incredible. And that was when Tibbs and his new kind of defense was really destroying the league. Yeah. And, you know, post Celtics championship and D Rose seems like a Tibbs guy, which in retrospect, <laughs> which is a rarity, <laughs> not a lot I mean, of those we'll, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll I mean, but when you are a Tibbs guy, it oh, seems yeah. like you're one of the best players in the league. So like Jimmy Butler, D Rose, um, and that team had real players and it just fucking crashed so bad and so hard. And I do sort of wonder if the sheen of the bulls has sort of worn off. Like it's been so long since MJ that well, it's maybe been so long since just like success. Well, when, when Derek Rose after his MVP year, there were always rumors like, okay, yeah, X superstar is like considering right. going to visit the bull. You know, like there, Chicago was one of the teams where people could see themselves go like forcing a trade to or something like that. And you know, Garpax played it how they played it, and D Rose got injured, and everything just sort of like imploded, but it wasn't just because Derrick Rose was there. It was because, oh shit. Yeah. That red bulls Jersey. I get to wear that. Like I get to be a part. I get to be closer to MJ somehow and Pippen and, and and those amazing teams. Um, And now it's sort of like, they're just another dumb Midwest team, you know? Yeah. Like doesn't really feel like anyone's trying to force their way to Chicago. Well, it's also because it's not only just that, like, kind of the allure has has waned, but it's also, like, with the Celtics, you had the transition from Doc to Brad with still Danny Age, with still all of the ownership and, the you know, the staff remaining intact. And you, But you had this clear transition to, like, a head coach who got it, had a plan. This team was, like, on the, on the right track, whereas it feels like the Bulls didn't have that. The Bulls kind of <laughs> went into chaos – after Derrick Rose went down and it was kind of like, and now they've just been kind of scrambling and you haven't yet had, you know, the, the allure of being a Chicago bull hasn't yet paired with a coach that people are like, yes, this is a direction that I can vibe with that I can believe in. I mean, it took the Celtics like Al Horford was the big signing that the Celtics made was like the first and forever. And so it, it took a while for the Celtics to, to, you know, sure. Be able to capitalize upon the, the, the history and then the, not the nostalgia, but like the um, magic, I guess, of, of like wearing, donning the green. And so I think for the bulls, what you need to do is you need to put together like a couple of years of at least competence and have a coach and a, and a front office. Who's just kind of like, there is a vision 
Um, and, and then maybe some of that allure comes back and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I can kind of see what's happening. I can kind of see where this is going. I mean, we didn't even mention the fact this is, I guess, just becoming a bulls podcast. right? right <laughs> like you go from, you go from Derek Rose and then you get Jimmy Butler as your building piece. And that also kind of falls by the wayside. Thanks to Tom Thibodeau. So like, it just, it, I think that, I think the way that you've seen, I mean, the Derrick Rose injuries, you can't really, that's, that's just kind of freak of nature instance, but like also Der, uh, Jimmy Butler's falling out with them. You can also see is just kind of like, all right, well, we'll, like, what is, what is Chicago's relationship with star players? Do I want to be there? Who am I going to be there with? Like Zach Levine fucking hates, <laughs> you know, boiling, boiling before he got fired. So it's just like, it just seems like they haven't put themselves in a position where there are desirable outside of just being like, oh my God, I get to wear the same jersey that Jordan wore. And Chicago does have a new front office. They changed away from Garpacks, um, who were just getting pilloried over the last like five to six years, really. Um, but they, like even before D-Rose got there, the Vinny Del Negro, like Captain Kirk Bulls with little Nate, like that was one of that... Uh, playoff series against boston like that was absolutely one of the coolest things ever those games were on fire um charlie villanueva was on that team is that right or was he on the pistons then or the bucks he might have been on the Uh, too many midwestern players it's fine they Uh, all sort of villanueva what a a throwback yeah wow Uh, i have never seen a man more hairless than charlie villanueva Oh, and like when he was on, like when he was being a really helpful player, it was just like, yes, you're the exact kind of fucking piston I want. And it just didn't happen like a lot, but it's (laughs) like a lot of, a lot of those, like Ben Gordon just sort of like combusted after being, after looking like one of the better players in the league. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. They had some really good players and it just about Ben Gordon. Like what the hell happened? Ben Gordon, 2006, 2007, 21 points per yeah. game. Good Lord, Ben. Oh, and from London. He was born in London. Yeah. Anyways. And seemed like, I mean, the sky was the limit, really. Like, and all these guys defended hard. These players are all too young. <laughs> it's God crazy. It shouldn't be like a career so fast. A career shouldn't be ending, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's my age. <laughs> That just makes me feel fucking but old. The common thread with all of that is Tibbs. And this is, you know, him and D'Antoni rode their fucking players yeah. into the goddamn ground over and over and over and over again. D'Antoni finally mellowed out a little bit, sort of. Um, we'll see with Tibbs. Uh, I mean, those Knicks players, they better get ready. RJ. Oh, my God. That's right. He's on the Knicks. Oh, oh, my. oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah! Julius Randall's oh, like, let's go, baby! Yes, God, that is so Knicks. Going to cut in to quickly take a ad break. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back to whatever it was that we were talking about. I was looking at the roster and I was like, I don't want to be the GM. I this I don't want to do this. this yeah, the worst that is I you asked me on Slack, you said what were what did I consider the worst GM spots? For me, it's the Knicks or the Cavs. With both of those teams, you just have to sort of wait it out. Like I mean the, well, yeah, the, the Knicks is just like you have James Dolan just like hovering over your shoulder constantly, which is just never a good situation. Uh and, and they, they also and they, like didn't they weren't able to like move as many of the dudes that they signed to one or two year deals as I think that they were hoping to. Yes. So they just sort of wasted a year and <laughs> Such I a hot mess. And like why the fuck would Fred Van Vliet want to sign there? You know, yeah, like why why would anyone serious want to go there unless they just don't have any other suitors, which is totally possible, but I like they should just keep their powder dry and be bad again. And that sucks for Knicks fans, but like how good could you possibly be? But like at at what point is that just the, I mean, talk about a franchise that we, we just spend all this time talking about the Bulls losing all of their like magister, you know, mystique or whatever. Yeah. Meanwhile, they actually have five starters. Like they don't right. have they, a terrible like, team. They at least I mean, a team. Like the I Knicks thought they'd make the playoffs. Garbage. Oh my yeah. God. The Knicks are just fucking trash. Like no one wants to put on that Jersey because it is just, it is awful. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing good. And then for the Cavs, for the Cavs, it's like, what is this roster that you have? You have like 15 bigs and 13 wing guys, none of whom can play together. It's just a terribly constructed roster. Kevin Love and Dre Drum and Sexland and J.D. Osmond and Tristan Thompson and uh, Larry Nance Jr. What are you doing with these guys? Dude, like how... I still still just don't understand the drum. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Unless you're just deciding to go big ball and you're going to play like Kevin Love at the, he's going to be a point forward. You're going to play him at the one. You're going to play drum at the five. You're going to play Nance at the three. And uh, you're going to play Tristan at the four. And then you'll put in one of your Sexton or uh, Garland at the two. There you go. I just made, I made the only functioning lineup the Cavs can roster. Man. Caleb's <laughs> contract goes to 22 23. Ugh, wow. Hey, man, Kevin Love played the best defense anyone's ever played on Steph Curry. So I think he can guard ones pretty sure. regularly. I, I mean, that's a dude that absolutely could get moved. Like, that could be the big piece that gets moved to a team just because the Cavs don't seem to have used their draft picks wisely. I mean, <laughs> yep, I, lo- 
like I like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton sort of individually. I'm not really sure if it's a smart thing to do to try to develop two young guards at the same time. Um, I mean, like this, like what is on this team, dude? Like nothing. There's, there's there's nothing there. Like I at least at least the Knicks you have something, and you can always with the Knicks you can always. We just talked uh, talked about how you know the the mystique is dead, but like you can always like whisper in the ear of maybe not a superstar, but like a possible a budding star to be like, look, come here. Oh yeah, come win you in New can, York. You'll be the you king can, of right. Yeah. You could be a god here. You could be a god oh. here if all you do is win. Whereas, like, the fuck are the Cavs gonna say to anyone? Come here, and you'll never be as good as LeBron. <laughs> and we have a ring. Like this is all right. gravy. Right. I mean, right. the Cavs exactly. could could jettison everybody. I don't care about Sex Land. Get rid they of them. Should. Like they should. They, they should just complete flush it, restart. And the thing about the Knicks is that you don't even need to win a championship to run this town. Like get to the Eastern conference finals. You have no idea <laughs> the whole town would go apes. Even Brooklyn now with the nets, like if the Knicks did well oh. in the playoffs, every net fan, maybe not the, like the 10 year olds, but like basically everyone here would be like, that's cool. That's I bet. Awesome. I bet right if, if, if the Knicks made it to the playoffs, and the Nets made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Knicks would still get more runtime in New York. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's just not even compared. Like, the Knicks just even making it to the playoffs would be the greatest thing on, you know, since sliced bread. And if, like, Durant and Kyrie led them to the Eastern Conference Finals and then either won or, or lost, it would be like, well, Katie and Kyrie couldn't do it. Let's, uh, they need more help. Whereas we'd be like, oh, my God, Julius, like... These guys, it yeah. happened. It happened. The Knicks made it to the playoffs, you guys. This is truly incredible. But, <laughs> like, the Knicks make news even though they haven't been relevant since Carmelo. And yeah. that's just sort of a function of being, you know, it's the same with the Yankees. It's, it's, it's the same with the Giants and the Jets. It's the same sort of with the Mets to a, to a lesser degree. But, like, that's a team that's known nationally. And it's you know, the media market is here. It's a huge town. It's New York City, and the fans go apeshit. And then they go out and spread all over the country. Like, yeah. there's New Yorkers everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, the the amount of, like, angst over the New York Giants is oh. always just amazing. Because you're like, you guys, even when you've been good, it's been bullshit. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, right. you're like seven and nine. Like, who cares? Or nine and seven. It's and you hate Eli Manning every other five minutes. But the thing about the Knicks is that it is still the Mecca and every player still loves playing at the garden. So if you can get a competent team together, it will elevate the Knicks brand again, because all of a sudden like the crowd is back in with you. Right. If we have crowds Um, and fair point, you know, like there's the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Like that's just yeah, and it's been a while. <laughs> and it's just been a while, it, Mello. It's it's been forever, and it's just and it's just a, a, a like another yet another note in the long note train of like owners. 
hire smart people and then let them make the decisions. You don't know basketball. I'll say this to all owners in all sports. You don't know sports. Like Jerry Jones is fucking tainted the Cowboys more often than not because he's like, I think I know better than my guy who I hired to know sports. It's like, uh, James Dolan, you could have you have this gold mine on your hands. Just let them fucking let them fucking build a team. Don't don't put your little sticky, gross, grubby fingers in everything. Let them build the team. And don't double down on bad, you know, like shouldn't terrible have kept Isaiah Thomas around and shouldn't have been so demanding about uh some other thing. And mm, really maybe shouldn't have traded Kristaps Porzingis. Are we is that something that they shouldn't have done? Except maybe? okay. What's worse to you? Is the unicorn trade worse or is the haul to Denver for Mello worse? Because oh, Mello God. was coming to New York. They could have just waited. That is you know, true. like and the I reason mean, it didn't work is because you know, like I guess Carmelo could have said, No, I if you don't trade for me, then I'll walk and I'll go somewhere else. But like uh, he seems like he was pretty intent on playing for the Knicks. Uh yeah. So just just for those who who wanted to hear, because it's hilarious and I love it. Uh Carmelo Anthony and Chauncey Billups to the Knicks. The Knicks then sent to the Nuggets Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Dinero Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, mm. a 2014 first round pick, and swapping the rights of the 2016. Uh, and then they also, Denver also got Kustas Kustofs in a deal with the Timberwolves. So love it. Who'd they take with the 14 pick? Does it say 20? 20, 20 let's look. Let's see. You pontif- pontificate for a while and 2014 NBA draft and like let's a six see. year player. Man, but that's the thing. It's like Carmelo and Chauncey. That it's great that Carmelo and Chauncey are on your team. I love both of these guys, and they are a good core to build around. And Denver was really, really good with them. But if you're going to give away the whole goddamn store, then what's the point? Like, you need more than just the ring chasers and just the minimum contracts. You you have to be able to provide a high floor for your team if you're expecting to have a high ceiling you can't just like let the floor break underneath these guys and you're not even in contention but all right i can't like fucking nba drafts are are too insane but the the nuggets took doug mcdermott at 11 overall but then traded him to chicago that's right orlando magic from new york via denver traded to philly took Dario Saric. Yeah. So that's the pick, I think. It was 12th overall. Yeah. It's just like, what is that? That pick. Is, that is, that is, what is the gibberish? Orlando Magic from New York via Denver traded to Philly. Good God. But that's- uh, You're right. You're right, though. You're right, though. Chicago Bulls. All right, so this is what happened. This is what ultimately it was. Is you just got Gary Harris. You're right. Gary Harris was it. Is that- God. The, the, they did a swap- the Bulls tra- drafted Gary Harris, and they swapped for Doug McDermott. Whoa! Holy well done, shit. Chicago. Good move on that. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Oh, <laughs> That's Chicago. crazy. Just yo, Gary Harris over. is a player that could be on the Knicks next year. Like he's a tradable guy. Yeah. You know who the Nuggets drafted in the second round at pick forty-one overall? Uh, is he tall? He is pretty tall. Okay. Uh, yeah. He he uh he's decently good at passing the the basketball. Hmm. Is he from America? 
No. Funny story. Then I don't know. Yeah, who is it? <laughs> Nikola Jokic, baby. Dude, like him pie. and Draymond are the two best second Seriously. round picks ever. And yeah. they didn't happen that far apart. And they were they both <laughs> like sort of lost out because they were a little chubby. But hey man. Jeremy Grant, two picks ahead of Jokic. That yeah. did win a deal. Right above, right above Jeremy Grant. All right, well, now we're just going down a rabbit hole of me reading the 2014 NBA It's a draft. crazy draft, though, because it's oh my like, God. I mean, you just, the draft is always hard, and people fuck up and do ridiculous shit like not taking Luka Doncic number one Lord. overall. Always and forever. Always <laughs> and forever. That is, will go down as just, I, I'm sorry. I, it doesn't even matter if whatever Trey Young ultimately accomplishes in his oh, career. Who cares? What? No, cares? it's not even that. It's like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic should be playing basketball together. And yes, it's, ugh, wow. But he's, but somehow Dallas gets it because they have a unicorn. It's ridiculous. Love I it. can't believe I it. I fucking love it. All right. I, I had one more Pistons idea for you, okay, if you don't so mind. Be- before we went on this massive tangent. Well, so I, yo, we're, I mean, the league might start in five minutes, so we don't know that's, when people can get fair. traded. We don't know when free agency is going to start. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how much money everyone's going to get paid. We don't know whether they'll be having games in bubbles or not. We don't know if there will be fans. Like, we don't know a shitload. And yeah. they're trying to start within two months. It is pretty crazy. Uh, give me give me your uh, Pistons move, your other Pistons move that you would make. Okay, so I wondered if you can do a Wiggins for Blake trade. Ooh, okay. Tell me more. And, like, you could include other players and, you know, picks if you want to and blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. I'm the Pistons GM and I'm telling Golden State Blake's been resting because we didn't make the playoffs. So he's had time to heal. And when he was healthy last time, he was an all-star and he was a point forward and he looked absolutely fucking amazing. Wiggins is maybe not the dude that really elevates the Golden State Warriors back to where they used to be, like with Kevin Durant. Maybe Blake Griffin, a healthy Blake Griffin, is a a Blake Griffin that doesn't have to handle all the scoring. Yep, and can pass, and maybe yep. he can play. I, I mean, does he even need to play small ball center because Dre's there? Like he's right. He could just it could be sort of an easy life for him, right? I think it would be an ideal life for him. You know, better three point shooting. Like if he's all the way healthy, then maybe that's just because of the size of the contracts, like maybe that's the best player golden state could actually get, you know, like realistically. And, you know, for the Pistons, you get a young player in Maple Jordan. And uh, as I said before, we fucking suck. And, you know, it's totally fine (laughs) to like, I don't care that he costs a lot of money. The Pistons are going to have a lot of cap space. We might as well spend it on a player who can score 20 points per game. And, you know, then you get him and Dr. Doom, Dookie Lukey together. Who knows what else happens? You know, maybe we re-sign Wood, although he might be a little bit more expensive than people think. Um, 
you know, but the, the, the trade was interesting to me because a, the money's so big that it's, it, people always say that it's hard to move those contracts, but those contracts keep getting moved in most off seasons. Chris Paul, most recently. Yeah, I don't think contracts. And he might think, get moved again. Right. I think people like lo- love, it's like how the NFL, there's like, the NFL loves to be like, well, cap space is an issue with these teams. Like teams will make the cap work. Like you, yeah. that's not really a, a going to preclude someone from getting the player they want. I think the same thing is true where it's like, yeah, obviously not every single team is going to go after Blake because of his contract, but is his contract really going to make the Warriors be like, or any team, any team that really wants him, they're not going to be like, nah, got it. We would love Blake, but his contract is just too big for us. Like they will make it work in order to add him. Yeah. If you think that you can win a title, then of course this money is worth it. Come on in. Also, his contract isn't as long as Caleb's. I don't believe it's just a few more. It's just this and next. Um, a healthy Blake Griffin is, I think, one of the 20 best players in the league. And a pres- a physical presence like what he can be is going to be extremely helpful for the Golden State Warriors yeah. if they want to get through some of these Western teams that are all, all of a sudden pretty fucking big. Yeah. No, I think, that, I think that's a great move for them. And the, the Warriors are, are like pretty open about shop trying to shop that second overall pick because what are they going to get that's ultimately going to help them totally and if i'm the so, pistons i'm like yo we don't even like we'd like the pick it. but we don't need the pick like if you it's fine give we'll us give us Wiggins in the second and we'll give you you know blake and whatever uh, you know dude i like else. <laughs> blake and the six for wiggins sure. and the two. like i don't even care about None. the draft picks i really don't like no, i just but, think like, the player movement is makes yeah. more sense no, I like it. I like it. And what a nice, what a nice little uh, uh, way to conclude things. Did you have any? Uh, did you have any Boston? You know, any like? Oh, but if I was the GM, no, I trust my, I trust my boy Danny Ainge. Right I on. think the biggest thing, the biggest thing they need to do is just is just get uh, a startable center and figure out. And it's all going to revolve around Gordon Hayward. Is is Gordon Hayward yeah. is is the piece that they can move. I saw some fucking dumbass publication being like, maybe they trade Marcus Smart. And I was like, go fuck yourself. They're never trading Marcus Smart. Unless He's got a unless, tradable contract, but it's like, it would be ripping out your heart. No, unless they're like, I saw, oh, what was it? It was, it was trading Marcus to the Warriors for Draymond. And I was like, why? <laughs> why? What does that get yeah, that's What does that ridiculous. do for any, for any team? Just- 2k shit yeah that's uh i did idiotic. i did want to ask you uh on slack i wondered why the nba so the nba wants to start early they want to start christmas rather than in february and that's going to be pretty tough for the teams that went deep into the playoffs right my question is why can't the non-bubble teams just start the season early and play nine games or however many games were played in the bubble just so that those teams can get their stats up to where the other where the bubble teams have like because the bubble team the bubble games didn't count for your historical stats i don't think like they're just sort of off right. to the I, side I, 
I don't think that adds your ethos. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy for, you know, some of the players like Donovan Mitchell or Jamal, like that's a little bit insane. But if you gave the non bubble teams, those games back, then maybe you could count all of it. And then you give the playoff teams like a little bit more time to like rest and do some, you know, training camp and not rush back because Danny green, he came right out and said like, they might start in, December, but LeBron won't be there and I won't be there. You know, like right. the, the the star players, the older players, they don't or the ones that were in the bubble anyway, they couldn't care less. A, but but half the league wasn't in the bubble. So or was wasn't in the playoffs. So maybe those teams are raring to go, you know? Like may, like Cleveland, they do have young players that they would like to get reps. They'd probably like to start sooner than later. Did so it with would, Phoenix, I bet. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I mean, would you th- 